Basically, it's a playwriting podcast. My name is Jonah Knight, and this is the season finale for season two. We're going on a break until the beginning of next year, where season three will bring you 12 more episodes. In the main topic today, I'm going to look back at season two and give my one big takeaway from each episode. This is an idea or a technique that I'm going to start applying to my own writing, or in some cases, uh, that I've already been applying. But first, Theatrically Speaking is a part of the Actual Story Podcasting Network. Just last week, we launched a new show, the trailer of which is in this feed. Maybe you've already listened to it. Roll to Metal is an actual play podcast based on Brindlewood Bay. What if the Golden Girls was a murder mystery? It's a kind of comedy verging on farce where a group of retired ladies get involved with homicide investigations. If you haven't listened to an actual play podcast, you can think of it as an improv audio drama with some rules and some structure. You can find Roll to Metal wherever you get your podcasts. And next, if you have particular expertise in an area of writing that applies to theater, let me know. Maybe we can have you come on and talk about it. Send an email to actualstorypodcasting at gmail, and maybe we can put something together. The Actual Story Podcasting Facebook page and at Jonah of the Sea on Twitter are also ways to get in touch. Okay, 11 episodes, 11 pieces of advice. From each episode this season, I've pulled out one piece of advice that I'm either going to incorporate in my own writing or give to other writers when appropriate. I haven't really mentioned what I've been up to lately as a writer, but uh, here in Sacramento, there is a group called the Artists Collective, and I'm working at the writer's room there, helping playwrights develop their work. And the topics we've been covering on this podcast frequently come up there in those conversations. So, episode one, post-pandemic plays. When theaters fully reopen, I do not think producers or audiences are going to be looking for shows about the pandemic. I think that when this is behind us, we're going to run away from those stories of isolation. I suspect that we're going to want stories of joy and community. Number two, being a professional playwright. When it comes to defining what it means to be a professional playwright, I think that the real metric is pretty simple. Are your plays being produced by professionals? Grants are great. Commissions are great. Newspaper articles are great. But I think we call ourselves professional when our plays are being produced professionally. Number three, colorblind characters. This one is tricky. As an audience member, as a reader or consumer of stories, I want specificity in character. I want stories that cover a great range of characters, age and ethnicity and gender and physical capability and so on. But the reality is that if my play explores character specificity to such an extent that it is unproducible without specific actors, obviously that's going to limit the producibility of a script. But does that mean you shouldn't write it? I think we should write those stories. But when we do, we need to be fully aware that our productions may be limited. And that's okay. Episode number four nothing got. Writing a play about another play can be an incredibly fun and meta experience for an audience if the audience knows the source material. However, 
producers know their audiences, and if their audience does not know the details around Uncle Vanya, your amazing homage may have limited productions. And you know what? Just like episode number three, Colorblind Characters, that's okay. Doesn't mean you don't write it. It means that you know the reality of your script. Episode five, publication. Generally, the publication of a play script is on the table after a production of that script. And most often, only after a successful professional production. That's when the professional publishers are going to start giving you attention. The most significant purpose of publication is to promote the play and lead to additional productions. Unlike fiction, the goal is not to sell copies to readers. It's to get you more productions. Number six, Save the Cat with Jamie Nash. Certainly there are differences between a screenplay, a stage play, audio drama, novel, etc., but the core elements of a good story are universal. Compelling characters actively pursuing a goal. Sometimes, if we think of ourselves primarily as a playwright, we may not look to audio dramas or to screenplays or to novel structure for ideas and inspiration. But maybe we should. Episode 7. Movement. If the writer does not have a clear vision for how their characters move, those decisions will be taken away from the writer and given to actors and directors. And that might be the right choice. But if you know what you want, if you have a clear vision, put it on the page. Episode 8. Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror. As a new generation of theatergoers become more prominent in ticket sales... Sci-fi, fantasy, and horror plays are becoming more successful just from a financial perspective. If you have been putting off writing a great epic fantasy theatrical experience because you think that there isn't an audience for it, you may have been right, but maybe there is an audience now. Episode 9, Love Quirks. As writers, we sometimes think that we have to write the entire thing ourselves with the door closed. I mean, Stephen King really popularized this idea, right? This is a myth, though. In theater, there are dramaturgs, directors, actors, designers, producers, and even co-writers. Take your good ideas from everyone. Being an auteur and doing everything yourself is one of many ways to go. And in theater, the number of truly successful auteurs has long since been diminishing. This is a team sport, people. Episode 10, Pandemic Creativity. As a creative, take advantage of this horrible time that we are living in. Go out on a limb and try something new that you never would have before. Use technology in a way that you haven't used it before. We are in for another year or two of this mess. Use the restrictions upon you as creative fuel. Episode 11, Backyard Blues. I have already started using ellipses in dialogue to replace beats that I have put in parentheticals. When we talk about actionable advice, this is one that you can use right now. It's not a theoretical thing that you mull over and integrate into your next story. Go now through some of your older scripts and find the most important places where you've called for a beat and considered whether or not an ellipse in dialogue is a better tool. 
And that, my friends, is that. If you have enjoyed Theatrically Speaking, there is one big thing that you can do to help out. Write a five-star review and type out a few kind words. Because of the upcoming break between seasons, a number of podcasting platforms are going to begin de-emphasizing this show in their algorithms. A few reviews will be amazingly helpful in combating that. Our theme song is Candy from the band Ketza. Ketzamusic.com Thank you very much for listening and for hanging out during Season 2. And I will talk to you soon with Season 3.